Welcome to the Tabletop Totality Podcast. My name is Cody, and I'm joined here with my closest friend ever. Oh, no, wait, Sean's not here. Steve's here, though, and feeling <laughs> a little bit hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Neil's here, and it's about right. And Frank doesn't care. He does, though. He does. cares more than me. Anyway, so speaking of the death of friendships. The um, death. We wanted to talk today about uh, death in in Dungeons and Dragons, or really just in role playing in general. Um, I I can I can uh, I can attest to I've had I've had a lot of characters die. I've killed a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, killed a lot of NPCs. My current my current homebrew is quite dangerous for the NPCs. They're not they're not doing so hot. Yeah, they get they um, die a lot. So really what we're trying to what we're trying to look at is we're trying to look at death as the bigger picture here. Um in your role playing games where uh you know, it could really kind of be a it could really be a sore subject. Um you can have people that can be very attached to their characters, um that lose their characters tragically or they made a mistake um even mechanically you know with with the the number aspect of the game they didn't realize how an ability worked or the dice simply just let them down and the character dies and you know i've been at a table where people have had bad feeling you know hard feelings about those sort of things mm-hmm. um so i've tried to i try to develop a lot of different ways of going about it um where you know, like death is a possibility in my world. It's an inevitability, actually. Resurrection, coming back to life, being brought back to life through some divine means, those are all possible in my world. They're not they're not readily available. They're not a commonplace. You can't just go to any city and find any temple and any priest will just bring your friend back from the dead. That's not how it works in, in my world. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good rule of thumb to to usually go by because uh, if you, if you get those points where it's really easy to bring people back, they just they just do reckless things. Like the player doesn't have that in mind, right? A regular person who's running around trying to save the world isn't just going to willingly, you know, throw their life away every single second. They're going to see it as too big of a deal you know what i mean isn't that that's the meta of it too you know we we kind of were discussing this before is that that's the meta of the player saying well my actions don't so much matter with my character because i can get this character back in a day three days whatever you know like if my character goes in there swinging and and dies well they'll just scoop them up and throw them in the cart and and i'll be brought back you know and and there won't be any problems um and that's, you know, that's the kind of gameplay I don't really want in, in my world. I, I think it's more genuine when, you know, the player realizes, you know, this is what has to happen or this is this is this is it. This is the, the end game. And I need to make that call. You know, I, I need to I, I need to put on the infinity gauntlet and I need to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, baby. Who loves me? Who loves me? Nine thousand. That's what I want to know. It's three thousand. Whatever. Nine. Well, he wants it. Nine thousand. Yeah. Nine thousand is three thousand times three. So yeah, you know, 
What's up? Fast maths. Fast maths. Well, I I think we should talk about all the deaths in in general, not just PC, but NPC. And then something that I feel gets uh, overshadowed all the time when it comes to death is your characters, like your players and your characters, are actually dishing it out quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I feel that playing on the one side of the table, they don't actually see it that much like they they it's happening but they don't take it in the same way that they would like say we're real obviously it's not role-playing game but i feel like that is something that very much just gets passed over and it's actually happening your characters are going in there they're fighting these things they're taking these things out they're killing npcs and even though they're not directly linked to the party there should also be consequences there that yeah. should piss somebody off. Somebody, first of all, if people aren't, if NPCs aren't trying to escape, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, there should always be NPCs trying to escape in a group battle. You know, trying to get help, trying to warn other people. That's going to help build some of that momentum, and it's going to actually put some heat on the players to be like, we need to keep moving, we need to go now, or we need to flee, we need to get back up, we need to come back and deal with this you know some other way uh so that's my take on the first part of it and then obviously we have you know friendly npcs that can die and that's its own basket that you need to really deal with in a very specific way and it really depends on your players i feel yeah i mean it's it's definitely you bring up a really cool point there um frank on the aspect of players are just constantly dishing out death like they don't think anything about the you know bandit they just killed Uh and once like that's why it's cool to add in those friendly npcs because you know as the the gm or the dm you know what i mean you don't want to you don't want to dish out death on the same scale but that's like the cool thing you can do when you when your characters start forming bonds with with these npcs is you know have one of them die and then they'll they'll kind of realize oh snap like it can happen to us you know you know what i mean it it makes that it paints that picture a lot easier yeah and at the same time you could have players who are playing characters that aren't dishing out death a whole lot um in uh one of the characters that i played pretty recently um his whole deal was that he was a diplomat and um, he didn't—he wasn't a combatant. He was a guy that went and talked things out. And uh, I was playing alongside a barbarian, and we were in a cave with a bunch of monsters. And the barbarian was just like, "Well, guess I'm just gonna start start slicing and dicing, just starting murdering all these monsters." And my character used persuasion and you know diplomacy in order to end that conflict without any of the enemy monsters getting killed at all i think i one of them might have died but it was like if my character hadn't intervened uh both of them probably would have died so Mm. i i mean you could play it that way too where it's like you're not always dishing out murder you could find other ways to resolve conflicts that just don't end in you killing a bunch of stuff um, that character did come back later and and helped kill a dragon, but you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes there are sometimes you can't make that choice. You know sometimes yeah. sometimes you're dealing with 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 creatures with some intelligence that you know are willing to listen to what you have to say and and talk it out and and 
say, all right, I guess we won't kill you, but, you know, you're going to have to do other stuff for us instead. And then there's other times where you, you know, encounter a creature that's like, no, I'm going to murder you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I guess I have to fight for my life then. Yeah. yeah. Well, but- and that's, that's just like, you know, I feel like, you know, we, we kind of brought up this point before when we were just kind of fooling around before we started recording and we were saying that, you know, if it was so easy for everybody to go and fight the dragon or kill the mind player or whatever, everybody would be doing it. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like there is a real risk involved with your characters being in, in this world and being in the adventuring life. If that's what they're going to do. Um, Steven, as you said, with your character with Marek, you you were not a combatant. You were a diplomat. You mm-hmm. played a diplomat, yep. you know, and that's that's great because you were able to as an experienced role player say that's not my role that's not my job like that's not the character you know and when you were involved in those situations you did things to protect yourself but also to try to de-escalate and i remember that you tried to appeal to the dragon and the dragon was like no i I want all of you dead um we had a similar situation with a mind player where um the party was like hey you're gonna tell us what all this stuff is and he was like disintegrate (laughs) you know because he wasn't in for negotiation you know like yeah you're in, you're in his layer and he's got the upper hand but really you know i think that's a different subject in itself uh that that's i i'm talking more or less about what happens when the beloved npc the favorite character the animal companion whatever dies and you as a dungeon master are stuck with that new that new reality and you're gonna have people that are you know some people are not gonna take it as well as other people no i've i've seen people (laughs) get i've seen people get emotional about stuff and it's it's understandable because if you devote a lot of time and effort into something to see it kind of taken away from you you know it can be it can be upsetting certainly there's there's times when people you know they made their own mistakes like, oh, yeah. What, what was like was like the famous one with like Keyleth, where she like turned into a fish and then like fell like three thousand yeah. feet or something. She she, she jumped <laughs> off a cliff, jumped yeah. four hundred feet off a cliff, and then died. What are you <laughs> yeah. talking about? In critical role. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I don't no watch idea. that either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> half of our group does. Half of our group doesn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we diversify. No, no offense uh, to the show, I just never. Took the I'd rather be playing it than no. That's fine. I'm just saying, but like that character had a that character had a lot of power. It was a powerful druid and made a bad decision that led to the character's death. Yeah, um, decision. Now, yeah, <laughs> now they were they were able to resurrect that character. And Stephen and I we had talked about how how Matt Mercer had kind of done his resurrection system, and I had yeah. kind of done a similar. I kind of did a similar situation in my yeah. um, homebrew. It sounded very similar, considering that you didn't—you've never listened to season one of Critical Role—and it's like the fact that your resurrection and his are so similar. It's—it's it's very interesting, and I think that it's better. I like—I like—I like those two versions better than what the book. Like the book has, like, oh, you just use, you know, a diamond or whatever, and then, you know, the person is resurrected. And with both you and him. Uh, it sounds like there has to be more to it with the characters. Like the characters actually have to, you know, make a plea and bargain with the person who who died to bring them back, and also offer, you know, some sort of object, uh, 
you know, that means something yeah. that relates yeah. to their yeah. relationship. That's, I feel like that's like a way more meaningful, you know, and better yeah. way of, of resurrecting somebody than just saying, oh, I just cast a spell and, and this diamond that costs 500 gold is gone now and this person's back to life. Well, I'd like well, to add on that is uh, one thing that a lot of people don't take into consideration with a resurrection is, first of all, it has to come down to the other person that you're resurrecting to confirm whether or not they're coming back they can just say no you know and i've i've actually played a character who declined resurrection everybody was like you know they they started turning on the people that my character helped defend you know people pulling out their weapons they're like you need to resurrect him right now and the the head cleric well the head druid was like he doesn't want to come back yeah he he made a sacrifice, and he lost. Literally, my character had a Rick Grimes moment, like lost his whole family. Like he was burying his people from this giant battle that had happened, and then these creatures came to attack and sacrificed himself with the you know the big bad. Lost his life. So did the big bad. Luckily, <laughs> um, <laughs> but when they tried to resurrect him, it just didn't happen. He just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I feel like that, you know, that comes down to, um, you know, that's that comes down to obviously the 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 wants of not just the player but the the character, um, you know. And you did a good job of, of being in that character's mindset of saying, hey, you know, that's not at all what this person was about. You know, like you bringing this person back is an offense to to what they to how they lived. You know, yeah, how they lived and, and how they died, like. Yeah, they sacrificed themselves to save these people. Like, you know, their their death meant something. It's time to move on. Um, whereas, you know, in it, in my setting, we had a we had an NPC. It was a younger NPC. The tiefling. Um, his name is Hubris. Um, kind of talks like Dave Mustaine. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, and uh, hello me. <laughs> yep, yep, and, that's it. And he. Uh, you know, he joined up with the party. He he was a bard. He's one of uh he's one of our um, homebrew bard class creations, and we wanted to test him out in the world. He became a part of the group. He was like their little buddy. Um, he ended up getting into a confrontation with um, some pretty bad evil guys, and he ended up losing his life. And oh yeah. The party was very upset about him dying, and they uh, they threw him into a bag of holding. Um, and Gentle pres- reposed him. Yeah, preserved him as well as they could, um, and they carried him around the continent for, for like a month after that. And the question was always there about what do we do with Hubris? What what do we do with him? Um, what does he want? And it was a cool it was a cool role playing thing because the characters as well as the players were divided on it. And so as much as like some of the players might have said like, hey, you know, hey, he's useful, he's a bard or whatever. That's that's meta in my book, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you, you got to be thinking about it in terms of, you know, hey, this guy was only 16 years old and he lost his life trying to help us. Maybe we should bring him back, you know, yeah. give, him, give him a chance at life. Maybe we should do this, do that. But really divided the table because people were like, hey, that's unnatural. You know, like we, he died fighting a death call, a necro, you know, of necromancy. Yeah. You know, and now you're going to turn around, you're going to bring him back. You know, like that's a little weird, a little sketch, yeah. and um, yeah, a little bit. On, yeah, depending <laughs> on uh, the different characters' religious views, or even just where they were from on the continent, they had different 
you know, in, in my setting, the North is much more traditional, whereas the South is a little bit more industrial, you know, yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more of a metropolitan type situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, You're more urban. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I just think it's important to, especially as a, as a DM, if you are, if you're listening to this to get tips as a dungeon master and you, you know, maybe you just recently had a player die, a player character die at your table or an NPC die and you're not sure how to deal with it. You know, it's kind of hard to navigate it from this point. The best advice I can give you is to before session zero, be like, these are the laws of my, of my world. You know, these are, this is the setting that I've created. This is what's possible. You know, I, I, I feel like you need to explain to your players like, Hey, if your character dies, yeah, there are options for them to come back. You know, the book, the, the player's handbook, the, you know, there's, there's spells out there. They can do it. You know, if you don't have that, those, those particular type characters in your party, cleric or druid or you know wizard even a bard cast wish you know your options become slimmer well especially in in those sorry for cutting you off but especially in those early levels because you know when i i was a part i'm a player in cody's homebrew and i'm a paladin and not until now which was practically months <laughs> months ago when this npc died and now when we're playing does my paladin have the ability to even cast revivify you know what i mean so we we were at such a lower level and we were in the middle of nowhere that that's why we did have to travel with you know with this corpse <laughs> in a bag of holding for a month in game yeah. because of those such things so I, I think that's also a factor to look at as a dm Right. You know, hey, is this an early player death or NPC death? And now they're in the middle of nowhere. There's no way that they can even bring them back, you know, according to the rules. But do I want to allow something else to happen? Yeah. And like it it was it was cool, too, because like, you know, we had a player in the group that wanted to try to, you know, speak with dead. uh, And the rules for speak with dead are, are very, very specific. And, you know, Basically, what this character wanted to do was ask Hubris, you know, hey, do you want us to bring you back? You know, you want us to bring you back because we will. And that's not possible with Speak With Dead because you're talking to, basically, you're talking to their memory. Yeah. You know, you're talking to whatever spark is left in in the shell of their body. It's Mm -hmm. not their present thought. It's not their present mindset. It's, It's them from the past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they can only tell you things that they can remember. And on top of that, they could choose not to tell you anything. Yeah. They choose to lie. Yeah. And and that's why, like, you know, Steve and I were kind of touching on the the whole Matt Mercer resurrection thing. You know, I I've watched a little bit of Critical Role on the, the first season, much more on the second season. I enjoy the show. I like the way Matt does stuff. His his resurrection definitely and mine very similar where I basically came up with a, you have found, you have the person who is dead. You have the person that can bring them back. They have the spell and all the components. They're able to do it. Now you as players need to address this person's spirit in some sort of way. And so for, I came up with, I I, I thought about hubris and I thought about what are the possibility that he wants to come back, you know? 
he had lost his family. He had died young, but he had kind of gained a new family with the party. So I'd said, well, maybe he's about 50, 50, you know? So I had that in mind that there was like a 50, 50. So then as everybody came forward and they did something or they said something about hubris or they pleaded to him or they brought him something. And it was really cool as I was using my, my other NPCs, uh, 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 forge domain cleric. And he was basically like making like a burning heart, like a molten metal yeah. heart. And yeah. he was like combining all of these objects and things that people were bringing for hubris into this heart. And then he had put the heart like magically into hubris's corpse. And then that was how he was casting the spell. And that's just my own details on it. Um, just to fit the the story of, of the characters. But yeah, every time somebody did something that I felt was significant, I docked a percentage, you know, a certain percentage off of what they needed to succeed. Because I felt that every time somebody brought up something that was heartfelt or important, you know, that that would be a further reason for this this character to come back. And I feel like that gives it a little bit more, a little bit more like reverence for mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, I also think it it allows, um, you know, it, it keeps it in it keeps it in mind that it's not a guaranteed thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not a guaranteed thing. But then it also, I think, most importantly, I think it kind of overlooks the fact that maybe as a player, maybe you're saying, "Hey, you know, what? I'm done with Rumrick. I want to yeah. go play, you know, Sporks McKenzie, oh, um, who's sports. my who's my dual wielding um, goblin." Uh, samurai chef, you know. That sounds like an amazing character. Is this an actual I character? I know. We're gonna. We're I, gonna no, I don't think so. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Sporks McKenzie, the yeah. samurai goblin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody write that down. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> I, I, it is being recorded. <laughs> no, uh, that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But you know, so that's not my my point. Is I just think that you. Um, I feel like if you just are constantly just reviving people and there's no there's no consequences for anybody's actions, it kind of takes away the whole point of uh, of this story because yeah. there's explicit inherent risk about going to kill a dragon to get its horde or or do something like that. Like if it was easy, if it wasn't dangerous, anybody would have done it. Yeah. If there's no consequences for these things. Then what's the point? You know. Yeah, you know, sometimes people think I could be a little heavy-handed with with fucking, uh, oops, with uh, with killing players and all that. But well, to to counter that thing, if you're playing a small campaign, couple nights or even just a couple of weeks, it's not a big deal if you know you can do that, especially if that's the style you want to do it. But for very long-term campaigns that you want to have a lot of, you know a lot of gravity in there absolutely you should go with a a system where it is not easy it is not simple it is not just boom i am back here we go let's rock and roll you know it really depends on the style of play you're doing the kind of group you have and how much Mm -hmm. gravity you want to bring into it you know one of the big things in in writing that they say is you know when a character dies their story ends yeah you know so you don't always have to have them written out to like, oh, I closed up all their things. You're writing a novel. Sometimes you have to leave open storylines when they die. Like, you just can't help it. Yeah. You know, it just, that's how it sometimes goes. And But that's, and that's, 
Yeah, and that's how the story ends. You know, it might not have been the way you wanted it, but that's the way it it went. You know, and yeah. sometimes that makes for a better story, like a story. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If if everything's not planned out and you kind of roll with that that surf for a little while, it's it can make a really fulfilling character on an RP sense. Yeah, and you then know. to to go off of that, like there's a lot of ways to deal with NPC death uh, when it comes to player death. I don't know if you guys want to jump into that right now because that there's a lot of a lot of things that you got to make sure you cover before you start taking out PCs. You know? Yeah, PCs is definitely more difficult compared to NPCs just because like you could always bring it's easy to bring an NPC up to. <laughs> up to that level that it was at when it died but like yeah. a player character is a completely different deal <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just the simple fact of like if you're a person who's trying not to metagame it, or you have somebody who like subconsciously accidentally you know, you know whatever it is metagames a lot if their player dies and they bring in that new player it becomes that much harder to keep that all that all sealed in and that's not even dealing with if there is res- resurrection or not in your campaign yeah. that's just the natural thing you're gonna have to deal with yeah uh, the big thing that it comes down to is a talking about it before you really start playing in your session nope. zero if that's how you operate and also communicating with the players in general you know if it's like hey this is a reality like i'm not gonna intentionally go out and try and kill you but if it happens, it happens. And also, some yeah. some DMs have a very specific way of doing things, like or just game masters in general. Like, I am totally in agreement with if you're fighting a savage beast, even though it just dropped you, it should still probably hit you again. Yeah, you should probably try and make sure you're dead, especially yeah. if it's a smart one. Yeah, and that that gets into you know there, there's a website that I have frequented before. Um, the monster knows what they're doing is the title of the website. The people over there they do a great job of looking at monsters and trying to give a breakdown. Like, hey, this monster has an intelligence of a fourteen. You know, it's gonna recognize what a threat is. You know, yeah. or it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna recognize what the weakest link is mm-hmm. in your defense. You know. And and I think that that's something that needs to be brought into into effect. And and you know a lot of the times that people have died recently in my games, it's been because of you know there was some effect that was continuing to happen in the area that mm-hmm. hit them while they were incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like a poison gas or something like that, or cloud mm-hmm. kill, or you know, yeah, yeah, those are those get you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, there's just certain times where you. I mean, like they say this, you know, they say like, oh, you know, did the DMs ever, do they ever hold their, you know, do they ever pull their punches? Oh, all the time. Do you ever, do you ever fudge something because it's gonna, you know, it's gonna break the game if you, are you gonna TPK your whole party because you, you mismanaged Done your it. monster or are you gonna, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I try, I, I try not to be that way, um, but there's been situations where I'm like, I'm trying to think five steps ahead, and I'm like, this is just gonna get bad, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, um, and it has gotten bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And, and sometimes um, you just gotta just let your like it's it's one of those things you gotta let your party. <laughs> 
figure it out. Like, how much do you pull your punch before you're just spelling it out? Run away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very much on the opposite notion of where Cody is. Like, I don't pull them very much. I sometimes, like, if you start pulling that punch back, I'm going to just let it release and let it hit somebody real hard because yep. sometimes it's the only way, you know? I've had. Yeah. I mean, when we first started playing, uh, ooh, we started playing in my living room at, I think it was 13, and I was I was right. the dungeon master for a very long time in our teenage years, not only with this group, but with others, and, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, I have taken out quite a few PCs. <laughs> I've seen, <laughs> I've seen uh, all the, the sides of what can happen when you take out a player character. Uh, I've also had my my characters taken out. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot that can happen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you really gotta you know if you just take out a player for no reason like you're just targeting them, that's that's bad management. That's that's not good. Yes. It's not good. And at if all. you're yeah, and even if you're targeting a whole party, that's bad management. I mean, I remember. I remember us. Oh, how are you supposed to play the game then if you're not yeah. attacking the party? It's, it's DM versus party, man. Come on. <laughs> well, Everybody well, knows I, that. But I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. In those older times, I remember. I remember certain times. Oh, when yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we were playing 3.5. Oh, you're all level two. Go fight this dragon. And it's like <laughs> that oh, was the second yeah, or third sure. time we ever played. <laughs> so yeah. nice to wait way to way to turn that one. Yeah, but you learned. You learned, Frank. No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Steve never I didn't. Learned. Steve did not. I never I've killed oh, Steve the most out of every Yeah, I've died more than anybody. Because... I'm pretty sure I've killed yeah. Steve the most amount of times, too. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, that's also because I, like, didn't know what I was doing, but, like, at the same time, like, you know, as a tip for, for Dungeon Masters, if you have somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, maybe don't put them into a situation where they're going to get you know, murdered instantly. And, and to counter that point, point, if you're that person, don't put yourself in that situation <laughs> if you can help it. So, uh, well, if you can't help it, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole, that's, you can give and take on that all day because, you know, yeah. the, the dungeon master has a responsibility to know the rules. The player should know what's on their sheet. They should know what they're capable of doing. And the player you know, should like, do everything they can not to put themselves in front of the dragon right before it shoots out that blast yeah. especially not, if that player has intimidated has, has got that dragon's a full attention yeah. just putting no. that out there but you know i, mean, I, I think you should have jumped in its mouth steve i mean i'm pretty sure he that did. i was like snuck, i'm pretty sure that i was like snuck around and everything and i maybe failed a roll well or that was that and... this is over a decade ago so there's yeah, no way of remembering how that happened let's let's get back to the topic we're getting uh what of my were opening uh, <laughs> one of my points that you're kind of you're kind of both of you have mentioned on um and it's that do i pull the punch or do i not and um sometimes personally i find myself in those first few levels it's so easy to kill a player character that that's when i'll pull my punches right i'll let yeah. them this is almost going to sound a little bit messed up, but I let them get attached to their characters, Absolutely. you know, yeah. so they don't make those bad decisions. So it hurts more. <laughs> yeah. So I just got well, that. Well, remember what I said earlier, you know, once the character dies, the story's over. So what you're saying, Neil, is 100% on point. Like, yeah, you want like, them to get attached. You want them to I, be invested. Exactly. Because yeah, if they're playing characters that they're constantly, if there's constant player death and they're, they're just... 
it's again they're gonna think oh my player my character's gonna die doesn't matter i got this cool idea i want to run anyway yeah, instead of or, yeah. or even worse or even worse oh, i'm gonna die i'm just i'm done playing this game it's not fun anymore because i keep yeah. dying i'm just not gonna play anymore yeah yeah and i've i've always had i've introduced a lot of people into D and that was always a good way to keep them invested at least for those first five levels right I always I always think your first five levels are your most dangerous killing level. Like that's that's the time you can you can die so simply cuz you can throw a monster out there and according to the book it's challenge ratings all right it shouldn't be that difficult of an encounter and it has one feature that dis- that is the trump card against your whole your whole party. Troglodytes three attacks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, only have a challenge rating of one. You should be able to beat them. Yeah. Oh, they can attack three times in one turn. Oh, yeah. I realized. Well, you're all dead. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, and even doing that, like, you can you can do it where there's still a consequence against that death, right? So even though your those characters might have died, maybe they all went unconscious and now they're captured. Now they're you know they're they're fighting at least against like something of an intelligence level of like a goblin right where it's gonna it might capture who it killed to terrorize them more just just because it can't you you know what I mean or they want to bring it back and make them slaves and it'll open up a new play style or a new pathway for the story but it's not just an overall hey your player character's dead now we have to start from square one again yeah and actually to add on to what you said Neil. Just because a creature does enough damage to bring you to zero doesn't mean that you're knocked out and you're going to die. Like in, in the rules, it very specifically states like you don't have to deal with a killing blow. You could just completely incapacitate them. And yeah. then you, you don't have to worry about it. I've done that as a player all the time. Like I don't always kill the enemy in front of me. I always want to make sure that, hey, if I can get some leverage here, I get it. So I make sure that, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm like, all right, if I do accidentally kill this creature, I want it to knock it out instead. Well, that's that's also been a a point of, of, you know, contest in my campaign is where, you know, player characters have killed NPCs or killed enemies and done so prematurely. Yeah. And now there was consequences to that. There was you didn't find out information that you needed to know. You didn't, you didn't get the whole picture. And, you know, so that's, but that, that was a way of, of putting meaning in that character's existence to me and that NPC's existence to me, that they had a point, you know, they had a role to fill. And, you know, when they got terminated, when they, when they got cut short, then, you know, that stuff just doesn't, you know, your, 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 your players don't just, learn this information from killing them you know yeah like and and you also like you guys kind of touched on a cool point that i always like also for like npcs or even enemies right is uh have them do saving throws for you know like the book the book says you can just have them die or they could go into saving throws. So, you know, maybe you kill them and they're on the ground and you think, "Oh, they're dead." You know, you're not checking them. Now you go off. This is an easy way to bring that NPC back. You know what I mean? Oh, they stabilized themselves, and you left them for dead, and now there's a vendetta yeah. against your whole party. Yep, they know what everybody looks like. <laughs> yeah, you know they put a bounty out. You know that's so, a really yeah. good idea, Neil. 
that's that's another cool way that I've handled some of my other aspects. And then it always makes the party like for that short amount of time. Like he can't do it again right after that because then the party's just going around after they kill everything and they're just stabbing everything on the field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> their guard gets up after that point. But it's it's a it's a way maybe something's going south in the plan you had. Maybe your guy your your you know, your big bad evil dude got captured by the party unknowingly and they're like, yeah, we're going to kill him. And they just, so he fights back. They all fight. They see him drop. Nobody thinks anything of it. We're like, yeah, we did it. And you yeah, leave. Take his stuff. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he stabilized and now he's back with even more anger in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's a, that's a cool way to handle like the NPC side of death sometimes. I really like that. Yeah, I try and I try and make it so like especially with my like my campaigns that I run, I make it especially with NPCs, I try and make it as close to a player character would be with yeah. chances, right? So of course they're gonna have the overall spotlight and everything like that and they're gonna seen as something else, but it's if something gets smacked and there really is, there's no finishing blow I'll roll off screen. You know what I mean? I'll roll to see what happens to that creature sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it makes it makes it a lot more interesting because now your players have to think about it more. Like it's one thing if they're shooting it with a bow and they hit it, they're going to be like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I'm never going to go back over there to see if that person, well, that person now stabilized while you went into melee combat and ran and got help. But it also, I have that aspect like we were talking about with creatures dealing that final blow. If they have enough intelligence, they might know, oh, this thing is just unconscious, but it's still alive. So now I'm going to kill it and make sure it can't get back up because it sliced me pretty hard that one time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that brings up an interesting thing with something that we tend to do once in a while is when we're playing a game, you kill like an enemy NPC and then it's like, all right, well, how'd it happen? You know, once they do mm-hmm. enough damage. And sometimes, like, people do leave the opportunity for you to just be like, well, you did cut his arm off, yes, but you didn't actually say you killed him, and I did the rolls, and he's still alive. Yeah, he's stable. He he did come back for you, you know? Yeah. So many many awesome things that are now coming into my head. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, no problem. I'm always (laughs) here to help. (laughs) See, even um, we learn stuff on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, you talk to anybody about how they want to do it. Like, you get a huge think tank in there. That's when you're going to get your ideas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those it's one of those things you really got to, all right, do I want, you know, you're, you're running a campaign, you decide to run it. First question, do I want players to be able to come back to life or not? If that's a yes, how do I want to do it? And you tackle that question, you... And then you go, all right, and you present it to your your you know your party, you know game zero or even before it when you guys are discussing what the what the settings gonna kind of be like, and I, I think that's really the best way. I think we can all be in agreement with that, yeah. <laughs> at least. Maybe you know not on the pull your punches, let it rip type of style, but at least tell your party what like what type of game you want to play. You yeah. know? And, and they may. I think the big thing is is that you are you are collectively trying to make a story together. Yeah. And you have to as a dungeon master value 
what your player characters are bringing to that story, what they're bringing to that world. <laughs> and I always try to intertwine my characters, my player characters into the stories that I'm developing. I'm trying to make it so that they have a reason to risk their lives or they have a reason to care about something. So when you get to a situation where that character might die or has died, you know, that could be pretty hard. And, and I, I just think that the best way to be collaborative and to be, to really just get the best out of it is to just sit down, like you're saying, before you play and say, this is the way that the world that I've created works, Yep. you know, mm -hmm. and I don't think that that's unfair to do. And I, and you might not get everybody, everybody might not be into the same style of role play, you know, yeah. you could, you have people that they are just there for combat or they're just there for the intrigue or the lore, you know, yeah. you, you, you want to sit down with these people, get some pizza or whatever, and just say, Hey, you know, this is the concept I have for kind of what's going on. And you know, this is where, you know, this is my world. Here's the map. Here's this. Um, but you need to figure out those things. And, I, and I think that, you know, when I was younger, I, I don't think that I paid so much attention to, to all the little details and now older, wiser, more handsome. I, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, um, you know, I, I definitely put a lot more effort into, okay, like what celestial bodies are there in this world? What holidays are there? Yeah. How many days yeah. of the week are there? You know, like where what's the you know, why why do they use why is this stone used for all these buildings or what wh what is this but you know, you you continue to build off of all those little things. And when you give when you give effort to those little things, those little details, you make it so much more of a real thing. And and I feel that like when it comes to like the finality of a character, like the death of a character, like, you know, you want it to have been worth it. Yeah. And, and I think that if you get enough, if you have the right people at your table, you know, when the time is right or something happens, you're going to have that, that character that's going to say, or that player that's going to say, I'm going to do it, you know, or, or uh, yeah. you guys, you guys run and I'll, I'll stay, you know. I I think you'll no matter what campaign setting you do, you always get to a point where something like that happens. I yeah. always feel like yeah, it, you know. Yeah. I've been guilty of being the player to, you know, as everybody runs through the door, he shuts it behind everybody and locks it and stands there, deals with the issue and Yeah. You know, a lot of the times that actually it's very interesting and sometimes that character does still make it out. It's Somehow. a little awkward when you end up killing a threat that was chasing you, and you're like, all right. <laughs> I don't know how I did this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got really, really lucky. Awesome. And then there's other times where, um, you know, you as a player, you go to do something really cool. Like, you do this combat roll behind an enemy. You pull out your dagger. You're going to go stab him in the back with your sneak attacks. And you do all these things, but you keep rolling a one, and then... You know, your DM decides that you 
well, you did the roll too well, and you smashed out the window, and you fall 80 feet to your death, and then the player right next to you throws their battle axe, rolls a natural 20, and kills the guy that you were going to do all this cool, fancy stuff with. Yeah, that happened, and that axe was mine. Yeah, and and, uh, I was the guy who (laughs) fell out the window to my uh, death. Yeah. That was a... Famous last words. No, Cody, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One still stings to this day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes the dice gods say, hey, you got to fall out a window. Yeah. Now, I know that brings up another thing about skill checks and the ones. We'll talk about that at a different time. Um, yeah. Well, we'll a fail is a fail in my uh, world, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but we anyway. don't even get into that. Yeah, and that, I guess like that's that's kind of like pulling the punch too. Is that you know, I've seen players that just like, like they'll just roll like ten nat ones in a row, and yeah. Yeah. I just I just have to say like you know it's not their fault. You know I don't want to kill their characters. You know, yeah. Like it just it sucks that that happened to you, but. You know, and I could see that that would be like, because I, I feel like, you know, fun is the biggest thing, right? If yes. you're not having fun, why are you there? Yep. You know, if you're not having fun, if it's not interesting to you, you don't enjoy it, don't put yourself yeah. through it. But, yeah. you, you know, that I think if I was going to try to bring somebody into this game and they just rolled like crap and then their character died, I would imagine that person would not want to play again. Dude, I've had I've had you people know. exactly in that standpoint. Like they're just rolling terrible, and we we've all we all have this one of the house rules. You know, you get one reroll throughout re-roll. the throughout the night. You get one reroll, and you get to use it. And I've had points where I always give that, and like if they're having bad times, I'll remind them about it. And then if they use it and they still have bad luck, I'll be like, hey, you know what? Let's just reroll that. One. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's. If the probability is going in a direction that is very unheard of for a long time, is that given leeway or is that just evening the scale? You know, you know what I mean. It's it's one of those fine lines. With a with a very seasoned player, you know, if they roll a one, they do use their reroll, and then they roll a one again. That's fate, baby. Like game yeah. over. Yeah, if, you, if you're brand new, uh, yeah, whatever. You know, we're, we're here to <laughs> like we said, we're here to have fun. Um, you can't make people have fun, <laughs> unfortunately. And yeah. sometimes some people aren't going to have fun no matter what you do. So yeah, you, sometimes you just got to do it. Flat out. I have an awesome character. I roll a one on a death save. That's two failures. I re- use my reroll. I get another one. I get another one after that. Like It's, it's meant to be. The dice gods have determined that that character is yeah. dead. Yep. You know? And that's just that's just from our our long, lifelong service to our dice cult. <laughs> yeah. When I'm getting ones, I know I messed up, and I gotta yeah. pray a little bit harder. Dice, D and D, pizza. It's a cult. Yeah. yeah metal, it's a cult. Metal music. Yeah, it's, it's all in there. When you show up to stuff like that as a pizza delivery driver, you gotta wonder. It's life changing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I think we covered a lot of good bases for this whole PC NPC. It's a very uh, hotty handle. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a crazy topic. There's a lot to it, and there's a lot yeah. you got to take into account. And 
people got to be on board. Like I've had people who literally said, "If you kill my character, I'm not going to play with you." I'm like, well, then why? But you I don't. Again? Like, <laughs> I also don't believe that that should limit you as a dm you know what yeah. i mean like if somebody point blank said that to me i'm gonna be like hey i'm not trying to go out and kill your character but if you make a stupid decision i'm gonna let your character die yeah. if you yeah. if you're playing in a g- game with guns and you point a gun at like you know a group of gangsters <laughs> and they all have their guns pointed at you like guess what I, I shots can't. are gonna be fired i can't, <laughs> help, you. I can't yeah, help you that's just the thing is that like you know, like Steven kind of brought this up before was he said, oh, you know, I was playing Mirek that was a diplomat. Yeah. You know, he wasn't a combatant and he found himself in combat situations and he tried to use his abilities to get out of these combat situations. Yeah. And that was the character that he was playing and it wasn't easy, but he made it work. Yeah. You know, and that is that is entirely different. That's a seasoned role player saying, hey, I'm playing a role. I'm filling a niche. This is what I'm doing. You know, he was helping me out because um, I needed somebody to travel with another player in my game because the party had been separated. It, that's completely different in yeah. my mind versus where if somebody says, I- I'm not going to play because my character could die, then I would be like, okay, um, well, what is it that your character is going to do? Is your character just going to stay in the tavern the whole time? Is your yeah. character going to yeah. just... Are you gonna like go to work nine to five as your D and D character? Or are you gonna like are we fighting dragons? Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying, is that like there's an inherent risk in the game. You're supposed to be an adventurer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be the best fighter or the strongest or the smartest or whatever. Everybody has their different thing to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, not commoners and cubicles, it's dungeons and dragons. You're an ooh. adventurer. Man, it's a t-shirt yeah, right there. I'm making that. That's that's yeah. Get that. Write that down. That'd even be. I think we could make a pretty cool board game out of that too. I don't know if Sparks <laughs> McKenzie would let that one fly, but well, well, you know, they all can't what be as great. Fail all his death saves then. I mean, Whoa! Don't you put that on him? <laughs> don't you, talk you about put Sporks? That. Sporks is is our chef (laughs) now there there is one thing we didn't bring up that is important to this subject i don't know if you guys want to get into it because how much you know coincides with it but it's pvp Ooh, i think we could do a whole another episode on that i think i'd like to really delve into that because i think steve and i have a good we have a good yeah uh, we can have a very good conversation about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Could. <laughs> and also, DMing that is, you know, there's a lot to that. Uh, oh. So, the just with PvP though, we should at least let people know like it's there's a lot to it, and everybody needs to be on the same page. If somebody's not, I've seen terrible situations. <laughs> Cody has a very good story about a terrible situation <laughs> that he witnessed as you know a new player to a group. Don't just mess around with that. Like, don't just be like, "Oh, well, I'm, I don't like your character, so I'm gonna kill it without talking to that player first. Like, oh my yeah. god, that was so bad. Well, let's save it for for that episode. <laughs> that was so bad. I've I've heard the stories, and I think everybody else will gladly want to. Yeah. So stories. so we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna have that as a different podcast episode without a doubt, but. Just maybe just in closing, you know, like we covered about like if your PC dies, if your NPC dies, 
you know, you as a dungeon master, you should probably be doing whatever you can to keep your players from just like killing each other's characters just for spite or the hell yeah. of it. You yeah. know, um, so when Frank brings up PvP, you know, that's that's more that's advanced. That's like, hey, we're agreeing outside of the game that. You know, our characters are opposed to one. Another. Well, that right there, you know? right, right, what you said. Talk about it first. Don't, right. Just, right. don't just. Or if something comes up and it escalates in the party, you, that player, and the DM, you know, the rest of the party, all have that conversation. Hey, things are hitting a tension point between our two characters. RP wise, this, 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 this could possibly happen. Yeah. When dice fly or tears <laughs> roll, y'all screwed up. <laughs> yeah, you went too far. <laughs> Unless it's excitement, yeah. Then I guess you're you're playing pretty well. Yeah. When people yeah. are cheering, like, yeah, my character died, but that was freaking awesome. That's awesome. Right, man, <laughs> Make a job. Yeah. See, I always thought the tears of my player just like fueled me. But... <laughs> I guess. Well, like, that's only for you. Right? Yeah, that's only for you, though, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> you we don't encourage heart. everybody else yeah. to do that, though. It's, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, so uh, does anybody have anything else they would like to add to the chat about death? I'm sure we should do a second part to this, just in, yeah. you know, doing more you know, in-depth stuff. But Yeah. I would like to just add one final point to Frank's point about I'll allow it. when the character dies – that's the end of the character's story i i would i would disagree because mm. death can be just the beginning as well well it could be the beginning I mean, of let's say that sporks mckenzie gets cut down in a hail of vicious magical crossbow fire right well maybe maybe not in 10 years or 20 years but wizard comes along and finds a sweet spork wielding skeleton in a dungeon brings him back dude that lore See, there's there's some more that we need to save for part two. When it comes to the undead and even the rakshasa and demons. Oh, get out of here with your rakshasa! Those backwards damn... kitty paw hands. Yeah, backwards kitty paw hands. No having. My players love rakshasa. <sighs> All right, y'all. Well, we have been tabletop totality, and, and uh, you have been our bone ponies. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Peace out.